Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show, I am your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the man awarded an Associates in the Arts. That's right. Which, of course, makes him a mother-loving artist. Yes! Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Say What's what? up, Dr. Gordon? How's it going to, uh, today, sir? Uh, mm, good. Good. Yeah. Give it to me straight, Mike. Where are you at? One to ten. Uh, I'm like a nine today, Doc G. I'm, uh, you know, I'm still coming off a little sugar high from a little wow. pie, couple pie days. Wow, <laughs> wow, that Sweet. is a little bit uh, of a little bit of a, a precursor. For oh you yeah. Guys. Oh yeah. Second, after our first break, guys, we're gonna give it to you. The real pie of the year. Yes. Uh, we're gonna go through it, Mike. Te- if you listened to the show last week. Mike tested two pies. Yeah. He got two pies delivered. He had a white, Texas white trash pie, and he had a uh, cannoli pie. And we're going to break down which one was the best. But that's not right now. No. That's right now. We got serious business to go over, Mike. (laughs) Nope. You know me. I like to introduce some of the most highly qualified research and data that is currently available to the human race on this show. And we appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's hard work, but I got to do it. So this past week, I came across some data that I felt we needed to discuss on the show. Mm. Something that could affect everybody that listens, even you, Mike. I think it will affect you. It's uh, it's from the the world renowned experts of survey data. You've probably heard of them. <laughs> I'm of course referring to LawnStarters.com. <laughs> huh? Right. Right, Mike, they describe themselves. If you haven't heard of LawnStarters.com, I wanted everybody to know about them. They describe themselves as a startup making lawn care easy, affordable, and reliable. Sweet. They say follow their blog to stay tuned with what you need to know to keep your lawn in tip-top shape year-round. Hmm. Okay. Now, that may not seem very important to folks like myself who don't have a lawn, <laughs> but it doesn't stop me, Mike, from following their blog. Yeah, you know? so true. Over the past couple of weeks, let me give you some of the priceless information on this blog, listeners, in case you didn't, you, you're, you're not convinced about this research. Uh, here's a blog post, quote, how to clean stains in your driveway. How about that? Mm-hmm. Mm? Got any stains, Mike? You worried about some stains? No driveway, no stains. No uh, lawn hey, either. Have you, have, you, have you went by any driveways that you were like, hmm, that could probably use some cleaning there? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I've seen those yeah. driveways. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, you might point them. You might point <laughs> them to lawn starters. Uh, here's another one. How much does it cost to replace a patio door in 2023? Mm. Hmm. You ever worry? You ever worried about that, Mike? No, but I imagine thousands of dollars. So true. <laughs> if it's going to cost you millions if you don't follow <laughs> LawnStarters.com. that's what's the that's the issue right there. Now, this if that wasn't enough, how about this one? 
quote, 12 koi pond ideas. Hmm. I didn't know there were I would have, 11 other. <laughs> I was about to say, Mike, I would have been blown away with six. And this has 12. 12 ideas. Now, surprisingly, Mike, all of these articles I've mentioned have uh, zero comments. Uh, apparently, nobody <laughs> has jumped on these. But regardless, that didn't stop them from dropping a straight bomb last week, Mike. They tirelessly poured over data of 200 of the biggest cities in America in four different categories. Pollution, living conditions, infrastructure, and consumer satisfaction to determine the dirtiest cities in America 2023. Ah, nice. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, Mike, I was like, we need to let the listeners know if they're living in a dirty city. <laughs> yeah. Like, they need to know. Because I'm sure they're not aware, you know, if they're living in a dirty city. If we tell them, they're holy is... Oh God! I didn't I had no idea, right? So <laughs> they might be a little bit them. aware, though. You know, like just no, a little bit. Not no. at all. <laughs> Zero no. awareness. <laughs> they're sitting in their house with trash up to their eyeballs, and they're like, you know, something. Somebody said this wasn't normal. I don't believe it. This is <laughs> nope. Lies, Mike. We need to, of course, start with our city, our home city here, Duval County, Jacksonville. Duval. 904. Now, Mike, do you think Jacksonville is in the top 20? I think so. Wrong. What? We're cleaner than that, Mike. We are cleaner oh, than I, that. I thought I was going to say top 20 cleanest. Clean. Oh, no. We're ranking okay. from dirty. Oh, okay. So top, got you. Oh, yeah. Top 20 is the dirtiest. We're going the higher the number, the better as far as cleanliness. Okay, so we're not yeah, in the no. top 20. Okay, that's How good. about the top 50? Mm, top 50. Nah, no way. No, we're not. Nah. We're cleaner than that, everybody. Oh, yeah. We're clean. That's right. Okay, here's the big one. How about top 100? No way. <laughs> we are. Yeah. We are. We're in the top 100, guys. Sadly... Jacksonville comes in 93. We're the 93rd dirtiest city. So I knew when I saw the four categories, pollution, living conditions, infrastructure, consumer satisfaction, I got pretty worried when I saw that infrastructure. Hmm. I was like, "Mm, mm, Jacksonville's (laughs) not going to make it past that one, which was our worst score. We scored uh, the best on pollution. Which I could actually see. Yeah, that you know? makes sense. That usually that usually works pretty well for the uh, cities that are uh, near the ocean, right? Yeah. You, you you get all your pollution blown away somewhere else. Lots of trees, too. You don't have too. to worry about it. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Now, Mike, it's time to find out where your current hometown, Las Vegas, falls yeah. on the list. Yeah. Mike, do you think Las Vegas is in the top 20? Hmm. No. I don't think so. They are. Ah, they are. It's in there. It's in there, Mike. Number 19. Ah, come Number on. 19. Squeezed in in the top 20. Infrastructure and pollution killed Las Vegas. Yeah, pollution. Those were the, those were the two bad ones, man. There was only one city. 
Only one city worse than Las Vegas at infrastructure, hmm. uh, which was a curveball. Murfreesboro, Tennessee was the worst in the country as far as infrastructure. I find that, found that, odd. Found that odd. Yeah, it's weird. Word. But, Mike, number 19, you're living in a pretty dirty city mm -hmm. i don't know if you know do, do you feel do you feel okay about that are you surviving well yeah you know it's gross sometimes outside <laughs> the the air with the yeah but yeah, yeah. forest fires in california and then we just get regular smog probably from la and then uh, understandable yeah, yeah. dust yeah. storms mike what about your old stomping grounds orlando orlando man that's a good question do you think orlando is in the top 20 mm. Nah, no way. They are not in the top 20. Correct. What about the top 50? Mm. That's a tough one. Maybe. I'm going to say no. They, they are. They are. They are. Oh. 24. Mm. Only five spots cleaner than Vegas. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. On purely, purely stupid. Yeah, researched evidence by lawn starters. Remember, <laughs> remember yeah. this is this is empirical data <laughs> that has been that has been gathered, guys. Now, Mike, on your circumstantial, just viewing the two cities, would you agree? Is Vegas dirtier than Orlando? Yeah, Vegas air wise, air quality wise, is dirtier than Orlando. I would say okay. Orlando's cleaner air wise, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. I feel like the tourists just bring it down. Yeah. Like, you know, so true. like if you could just get rid of all the tourists, which would be 95% uh, of Orlando and 95% of Vegas. Um, That's a fact. That would make them a lot cleaner. It's just my guess. Yeah. and then Also they, a lot less fun. Yeah. Um, Infrastructure, we definitely don't have it put together here. You saw the videos of no. the raining yeah. coming in through the casinos. <laughs> Hilarious. Not, not good planning there. No. All right, Mike. Now that we've gone over our, our cities, we need to guess the dirtiest city in the entire country. What do you think it is? Hmm. All the cities. It's got to be Los Angeles. No, no. surprisingly not. Wow. No. Houston, Texas. Ew. Houston. Girl, come on. Houston. We have a problem. You're dirty as Ew. That's the problem. Yeah. It's crazy. I didn't believe it, Mike. I don't know. I, I I didn't see it, but apparently I'm not. I mean, how how do I go against lawn starters? That's, yeah, that's a fact. I mean, that's, that's basically like going against an encyclopedia. You know, <laughs> pretty much. No, thank you. Now, Mike. Uh, one other thing. What state has two cities in the top five? What do you think? Vermont. <laughs> huh? Oh wait, no, no, no. You said so. These would be dirtiest. 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 Okay. What state has two? <clears throat> um, Texas. Use, <laughs> use your noggin here, Mike. Come on. What do you think? What do you think? Think of cities that are, are, are states that are always associated with griminess and dirtiness. Ah, Louisiana. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> That's Cajun and alligators, not griminess. <laughs> New uh, Jersey. New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, that makes sense. Jersey's got two dirty cities, Mike. My goodness. Well, listeners, 
I'm sure you're blown away by this now. I'm sure you're telling all of your relatives and your friends, listen, we can't go to Houston anymore. Lawn Starter says it's dirty. Nope. We also can't go visit Mike anymore because apparently he lives in a dirty crap hole known as Las Vegas. But we can stay in our city of Jacksonville because we barely cracked the top 100. Barely. Yeah. Barely there. Guys, Congrats. I am so excited about our semi-not-dirty city. Mike, are you ready <laughs> to fire this show up? I'm ready, Doc G. Let's fire it up. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Woo! Mike, we have a fantastic guest today. We have the fantastic Yasad Williams, Yee of Pepper. The fantastic... Reggae Roots Band Pepper is on the show with us. They've got a tour coming our way. They're coming to Ponte Vedra here in just a few weeks. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Mike, if you recall, you're five of nine for 2023. Five of nine. You're batting over a 500 still. <clears throat> Doc G, when are we going to stop keeping score? <laughs> Whole year, I told you, Mike. We're checking. All right, I have all right. faith in you. You're going over 50%. You're going to okay. do it. You're going to do it. This one, I'm pretty positive you got this one. All right. Pretty positive. Uh, born in Redditch, England, February 1st, 1994. Our birthday suit wearer started singing with a karaoke machine. His first song ever was Elvis Presley's The Girl of My Best Friend. In 2011, he tried out for The X Factor and made it through several rounds, but eventually was eliminated. Four of the other contestants that were eliminated decided they would make a band. It was uh, Neil, Liam, Lewis, and Zane, and our birthday suit wearer, who became... One Direction. That's right. Mm. The band was massively successful with their first four albums reaching number one on the Billboard 200. That's the first band that's ever done that. They had hit singles like While We're Young, Little Things, Story of My Life, and Drag Me Down. However, in 2016, the band took an indefinite hiatus... Our birthday suit rare released his first solo single, Sign of the Times, in 2017. He then released his first album later that year. His second album, Fine Line, was released in 2019, which had the extremely popular solos, our single, uh, Falling and Watermelon Sugar, and Treat People with Kindness. His third album came out in 2022 with the hit single, As It Was. He also starred in the movie Don't Worry, Darling, which was directed by his then-girlfriend, Olivia Wilde. Name that birthday suit wearer. Um, Harry Styles. Harry Styles hey. is correct. Yes. The only guy oh, I know from right. One Direction. I, mean. <laughs> I, I think it's the only guy that anybody knows from One Direction, except... <laughs> yeah. Except for people that were like 12 at that time. You yeah. know, the 12-year-old girls know all of them. But aside from that, well, now 25-year-old uh, girls know uh, all <laughs> of them. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, Harry Styles, man. There are some Harry Styles fanatics out there, I will say. Well, he's there a good-looking guy. He's, he's a good-looking guy. I still have the belief uh, that during concerts, he just 
sees how ridiculous he can get and if people will call him out for being ridiculous. Like, he's <laughs> like, you know what? Let's try this goofy as dance move. Let's see if anybody <laughs> says anything about this. And nobody ever does. And apparently just the other day, Mike, uh, he was having a concert. Uh, Jennifer Aniston was there, which I was like, mm. what? J-A-N? Huh? Aren't you a little out of the... <laughs> The crowd for Harry Styles, like, I mean, no offense, you can listen to whatever music you want to, but it just, what? Yeah. You know? Anyways, maybe I go. Who knows? Maybe I go. To Did she Harry go Styles on stage concert. and start dancing, or was she like No, she was up in, like, you know, some rich person <laughs> box being unbothered by everybody else. Oh, okay. But uh, during that concert, Harry Styles split his pants. Apparently, you know, a little wardrobe malfunction. Mm -hmm. Too tight of pants, split them down the backside there. Mm. Uh, and they had her, like, they had Jennifer Aniston's reactions like, oh, what? No way. <laughs> you know, couple of steel frames of, of, uh, of J.N. just uh, reacting to it. But regardless, Mike, the take-home message, uh, Harry Styles is really popular. That's yeah, the take-home message. Word. Uh, ladies love Harry Styles. Um, you know, I feel like I should hang out with him just to get the residual effects. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not that I have any chance of hanging out with him, but nope. if I did, that would be nice. You know? Yeah, it would be. <laughs> just just do just do the sort of uh, Norm McDonald, and every time he's talking to somebody and they're like, I didn't know you were here, Harry, and I just come in beside him like, I'm here too. What? Hey. <laughs> uh, what? Who is this guy? I'm Ben. How's it going? I hang out with Harry. And Harry's just like, oh, Jesus, this guy again. Wham. Uh, anyways, happy birthday. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's almost not a young guy anymore, Mike. He's 29. Oh, 29 my gosh. For Harry. Yeah. Celebrate it, Harry. You got wow. one more year in the yeah. 20s, man. One more year. You got to live it up. Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Got some good ones, Mike. Story uh, from CNN. CNN, apparently Progressive Insurance and State Farm have stopped writing policies for Kias and Hyundai models because they're too easy to steal. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Some 2015 through 2019 Hyundai and Kia models are roughly twice as likely to be stolen as other vehicles of the similar age because many of them lack basic auto theft prevention technology included in other vehicles. Jeez. Yes. I heard, uh, yeah. Dr. Yeah, I heard you can download like some program into a USB and plug it into the car and then it just unlocks the car or something. Well, I, I don't mean, know. Well, apparently it's become a trend on social media, Mike. Maybe they have that on social media. Oh, but apparently yeah. car thieves have begun posting their videos of thefts, thefts and joy rides and explaining how to steal the cars. Mm. In, in Wisconsin, uh, where this first became prevalent, theft claims of Hondas and Kias spiked more than 30 times 2019 uh. levels uh, it, compared to now. Yeah, yeah. So, Mike, I'm going to say that, uh, you know, doesn't speak to the quality of your product when insurance companies are like, yeah, 
we can't risk it on you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Like, just think about that. Apparently, having a Hyundai is like looking for insurance, life insurance, when you're a 105-year-old that's had a, a, five heart attacks. <laughs> They're like, yeah, hi. That probably wouldn't be a good idea. Sorry. <laughs> like just wild man i think if i was one of the competitors like toyota i'd just be like have commercials they'd be like guys you should buy a toyota what are you gonna buy a kia car insurers won't even give you insurance like it's how much they suck just buy our car and call it a day <laughs> and that's it like, that's the commercial <laughs> yeah you don't need no to music, show off any just a guy <laughs> you, you don't need to show off any of your features nah. like you can just be like look at the alternative Wham. nobody wants that you don't want to go there what do you, you know? do you, how do you get insurance if you if you drive one of these cars what you, do you just do? gotta roll the dice and get your car stolen mike that's oh, apparently man. it that's apparently it or, or go without state farm or progressive go with one of the other go with the general uh advertised uh, yeah. by shack there they'll insure <laughs> anybody it's fine um <laughs> Mike, over the weekend, the AFC Championship game occurred in the National Football League. So true. The uh, the Bengals were led by a gentleman named Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow, you know, and uh, uh, yeah. ladies find Joe Burrow attractive. You know? Yeah. Yeah, he's also known as Joe Cool. Now, uh, he did not win the game, but that doesn't uh, take away from the fact that ladies do label him. This is a this is a, a technical term, attractive. Attractive. So, yes, yes. And uh, Mike, I, I will say it definitely helps that he has millions of dollars and is a world famous athlete. That mm -hmm. helps with the attractiveness. Just but a little Mike, bit. the reason that I bring this up is uh, Paige Spiranak. Uh, who is also a ridiculously attractive person. She's a social media influencer that uh, plays golf as well. Uh, she posted a video informing men how they could discover if their significant other has been swept away by the attractiveness and charisma of Joe Burrow. <laughs> hmm. And, uh, you know, she gave all kinds of clues, and it was supposed to be humorous, you know. It was like, oh, if they like this, his number, if they wear Bengals colors on off day, like all these things, right? And uh, I just hope these, uh, these men that she was talking to, Mike, know that it wouldn't take Joe Burrow for their girl to leave them. That's a fact. Right? You don't need to go that high, Right? That's not the only trade-up scenario they'd be interested in. Nope. To give my analogy from earlier uh, for with Joe Burrow, that would be like trading in your 2015 Hyundai for a 2023 Lamborghini. <laughs> they don't need the Lamborghini, Mike. They'd be happy yeah. just to have a car that's insured. Yeah. They're like a Honda Civic with insurance? Yeah, I'll take that. Sorry. Sweet. So you know, I'm just saying, Mike. Just saying. If 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 your lady can be with Joe Burrow, she's gonna be with Joe Burrow, not yeah. with you. Yeah, so, no, for sure. 
It's not under your power, gentlemen. It's not under your power. Joe no. Burrow is going to steal all your ladies. He will. Sadly. He's a very attractive guy. He kind of looks like Macaulay Culkin. Like, he uh, does, Mike. Yeah. Very much so. That's what I always think when he's wearing a uh, when he's wearing a beanie in his press conferences. Is I always think of uh, Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone when he's walking around in the outside scenes with his little beanie ball. Yeah, yeah that's exactly <laughs> him. Exactly him. Uh, Mike, speaking of athletes, this was very interesting. Uh, in an interview with GQ Sports, Minnesota Timberwolves star Anthony Edwards, you know the Ant-Man? Mm, yeah, definitely. The Ant-Man was asked, uh, what is something you can't live without? He said, Chester's hot fries. Yeah. Yeah. He gets it. He at he estimated, Mike, he probably eats 21 bags a week. What? And then he hesitated a little bit and said, eh, probably more, though. <laughs> you know what? Wow. It's ridiculous, Mike. Yeah, that's a lot, Doc G. Tell us, uh, tell us why that's a bad thing for him as an athlete. <laughs> Well, I you mean, seem to know to a lot about the body. <laughs> to extend my analogy from the last story, Mike, that's like having a Lamborghini and then telling folks, you know what? I've uh, decided to use window cleaner for gas. <laughs> and and then somehow the Lamborghini's still running and you're like, "Holy crap, what did he How's he doing that?" Hmm. Window cleaner in there and it's still working? Like, what? You look at Ant-Man in games, and you're like, that's running all off of Chester's hot fries? What? How does that work? I actually eat somewhat good things, and I suck horribly in performance. That's amazing. Like, it's crazy, Mike. Chester, <laughs> 21 bags. A bag, a meal, mm. every single day. Yeah. It's crazy. I want to... I actually had... Uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos the other day. Just the other day. And I was like, wow, I, these are delicious. But how do people I'll eat them to, so fast? I'll have to say Chester's Hot Fries are probably a knockdown from the Hot Cheetos, Flaming Hot Cheetos, as far as You mean like in quality. spice? No, oh. in quality, as far as things that you could eat, you know? Anywho. Anywho, Mike. I wonder uh, if they're more spicy, though. I've not, I don't think I've had these. Uh, I think, flaming, I, I, I think the uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos are spicier. I don't think the yeah. Chester's Hot... I think Chester's Hot uh, hot Fries are a little less spicy. I used to get down on them in high school, so don't think I'm talking <laughs> like I'm a classier dude than, than Ant-Man. I sense. definitely got down on them. The Cheetos have uh, more like grooves in, 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 in mm -hmm. places where the, the Keep the, the hot. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> Keep, keep the seasoning. I got you, Mike. Uh, uh, interesting story out of Utah. Uh, it's made its way to the New York Post here. Marcella and Tage Hill, who are both 42, uh, they recently decided to start a family, Mike. They are pregnant with child. Hmm. And uh, as uh, after they learned they became pregnant, they started doing some research on baby names. And when they were doing research on baby names, you know, they thought, hey, let's go back into the family tree, see if we have anything interesting in either of our family trees as far as names. And uh, while they were doing their research in the family trees, they found that there were some similarities 
in their family tree. What? They realized his grandma and her grandpa were cousins. Ooh. Jeez. Yeah. That's hot. (laughs) Yeah. Sweet. Now, if you weren't sure, Mike, that would make uh, Tage and Marcella third cousins. Mm. They are third cousins. Now, I think we've talked about it a little bit on the show, Mike. I can't really say offhand who my third cousins are. Nope. I don't know. Um, I couldn't really tell you my second cousins. I don't really know who those are. Nope. I, uh, but I'm pretty confident in saying if I had a relationship with someone, I could find out if they were my third cousin pretty quick, especially before I made them pregnant. That's a fact. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, seems a little weird. Like, I feel like at some point in the relationship, you'd be like, hey, have you ever noticed that when we go to each other's family reunions, it's the same people? <laughs> Wait, what? That's weird, right? Is that is that normal? I don't know. I, something kind of like, I feel like there's a lot of willful ignorance in this relationship, Mike, mm. to, for that to happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And now you got to feel bad for that kid. That is, you got to grow up with that dark secret that your parents yeah. are, that your parents are cousins. Ew. Oh, no. Yeah. So sorry for that kid. That is rough, man. Kind of weird. That is rough. Regardless, Mike, let's go to Plano, Texas. <laughs> Plano, Texas. We got a retired woman, Elaine White. Now, Elaine White's had a good retirement so far. She's lived seven years in her neighborhood. Uh, that, or, Well, six years. Six of those seven years were nice. Um, and she described the first six years as a neighborhood that was great and quiet. Mm. It's always good for retirements, you know? Yes. That's a fact. But this last year was disrupted because last year her house has been confused with a brothel. Huh? Ah. Yeah. So for the last year, every couple of weeks, random dudes will come up to her front door asking to meet with either Kelly, Rhonda, or Nikki. Hmm. She said men that have come (laughs) have been all shapes, sizes, colors, and creeds. Over 25 men have come to her door looking for dirty sex, Mike. (laughs) Girl, come on. And apparently they're coming to her door because there's a website out there that's duping these sad souls out of their money and then telling them to go to Elaine's house saying it's where this fake lady lives and it's actually where Elaine lives. And Mm. there is no lady, right? Now, she's called the cops a bunch of times, but the cops haven't uh, really been able to do anything. Nope. Because, you know, the guys aren't breaking any laws at the time. They haven't done anything there. And, uh, And then two... They can't hunt down the website that's been using Elaine's address. Hmm. So she's just been sort of stuck for the last year being freaked out. Now, she takes this uh, being freaked out a little bit uh, to the max. She's got like 38 signs now outside of her home that are like, don't ask me for sex, you know? And she's got, she bought a gun and all these other crazy things that she was telling the person. But Mike, this, this story interests me in, in so many ways. Like, first, I think, I want to ask these 25 dudes, 
have you done this in the past? Hmm. Like, has this <laughs> has this worked on any other previous occasion that you paid a random site money, they gave you a random address to go to, and then you go to it, and you just casually find Big Rhonda to have sex with? Like, <laughs> what? Yeah, what? Like... I just, I feel like these guys, this was the first weird, desperate time this had to happen because it seems like a really weird way to get your sex workers, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But anyways, Mike, the second thing that I was thinking about, Elaine, you know, she's been all frazzled. I watched these interviews. She doesn't seem happy about it. Like I said, she got her her gun and all these other things. She's not unhappy about it, but she's not happy about it. Well, all I could think of, Mike, was I was just like, couldn't you just ask one of these Johns, like, hey, man, where'd you get the address? Like, you know, like when they come to the door, be like, no, I'm not Big Rhonda. Don't have sex for you. Sorry, man. You've been duped out of your money. But real quick, let me ask you, what website did you use to get this? Can you just show me that? We won't be arresting you. I'm just tired of like yourself coming to my house <laughs> like i mean is that too hard is that too hard like it seems like yes, a fairly easy thing apparently no she's idea. just <laughs> she's gonna end up blowing away all of these dudes soon they're just gonna be like well i shot seven of them huh seems a little extreme elaine i don't know <laughs> um lastly mike i am happy though to hear as she said in her own words uh quote Men have come from all shapes, sizes, colors, and creeds. That's nice. You know? It's nice that there's diversity in folks that want sex workers. Hey, Doc G, I'm, I'm sorry. What's, what's creeds mean? What is that exactly? <laughs> I don't know. They're mottos that they live by. You oh, know, okay, they're gotcha. creed. It's okay. what we live by. Okay. Which I don't know how she actually investigated that. You <laughs> yeah. know, that seems, Hi, I'm Richard. I'm looking for Rhonda. <laughs> seems a little dubious that like somebody just held up a... a a code of honor that they had like hey i'm looking for a sex worker this is what i believe in in life oh that's nice okay cool he had a cross on his necklace (laughs) seemed like a nice guy he he had he he had his prayer mat and he asked me which way mecca was so that's nice then he was like could big ronda also come out when she has a chance anyways Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back. But first, we are going to hear from our guest, Pepper, along with Stick Figure. This is Warning, right here on the Doc G Show.
but I've never moved so slow. High in the desert, but I'm rolling in the snow. Now feel so warm in a really cold place. A million lights in a very tight space. She's looking up and she's waiting on the big bang. the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should please Mm. subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever they listen to podcasts. Uh, It's a terrific zero-cost way to support us. And Amen. If they're feeling extra generous, please leave a five-star review and comment. We love comments. Amen. Mike, I got to say, I told you before the show, we've been doing it this this month. Well, we haven't been doing it. The listeners have been doing it. Yeah. Uh, So We have had an excellent, excellent listening month. And I got to thank the listeners. The podcast has been through the roof. Through the roof with listens, and that makes me extremely happy. Mm-hmm. That is a, that is a fantastic sight all over the country. Been more domestic than normal, but I'm happy with domestic listeners. That's fine. We can yeah. do we can do in the country. I'm good with either. You know, I'm just happy folks are listening. Thank mm-hmm. you to the listeners. Keep on listening, guys. Keep on keep listening, on. and we'll keep on giving you. The worthless content that helps you waste <laughs> your time. That's a fact. Right? 
Right? Mike, we need to shout out those listeners. Here come the regulars. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, and Spartanburg, South Carolina. Shout Whew, man, regulars. Good times, good times with those regulars. Uh, I didn't see any super dirty cities on that list, Mike. <laughs> no super dirty cities on that list. Although Los Angeles is pretty high on the list, but that's mm. it's fine. It's fine. Mike, semi-regulars. We got some great semi-regulars. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Richmond, Virginia, Chicago, Illinois, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Paris, France, Las Vegas, Nevada, Atlanta, Georgia, Indianapolis, Indiana, Harvest, Alabama, Hemingway, South Carolina, Oakland, California, Louisville, Kentucky, Norwood, Massachusetts, Orangeburg, New York, Port Allen, Louisiana, Walla Walla, Washington, <laughs> Toronto, Canada, Rock, uh, Rocky Hill, Connecticut, and Jakarta, Indonesia. Yeah. Shout out. Walla Walla, right? That's not a real right? city. That's a real city, man. Are <laughs> you serious? That's a real city. Walla Walla uh, in Walla Walla County. How many how many people you think are in Walla Walla, uh, Washington, Mike? What do you think the the population of Walla Walla is? Nine thousand five hundred. <laughs> you're 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 selling Walla Walla way short. Thirty four thousand. Thirty four thousand. Okay. It is a metropolis in Walla Walla. <laughs> All right. It is. Uh, if you if you're not aware of where Walla Walla is, it's south of Spokane. So it's uh, it's uh, on the east coast of Washington. There, oh, east okay. of the Columbia River. You're very close to the uh, border with Oregon there in Walla Walla, and you're not too far away from the border with uh with Idaho as well. I'd oh, say nice. you're about. Eh, well. You're pretty far away from it. You're you're like uh, sixty miles, seventy miles from the border of Ohio. What? Or uh, Ohio, Idaho. Sorry, that'd be crazy. I don't know how they'd do that with with uh, Ohio. That'd be insane. <laughs> uh, looks pretty nice though, Mike. There's a there's a college there. You got a Walla Walla University. You got a Home Depot there. You got Rogers Bakery and Cafe. Mm. Can't go wrong with Rogers. No, nah, that sounds good. How about Cuccini Italian import foods huh? Mm. in Walla Walla? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just cruising over right now, and I think I'm going to move the whole show to Walla Walla. I don't know. <laughs> is it pretty nice. Is it C-U-C-I-N-I? Cuccini. Cuccini? Yeah, C-U-G-I-N-I. Yeah. Oh, never mm-hmm. mind. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks pretty nice, though, Mike. Looks pretty nice. Although I just saw the temperature, it's 28 degrees. So All cancel right. that trip to Walla Walla. <laughs> uh, we will be going there in July. That is when we will visit Walla Walla. 
Uh, anyways, Mike, uh, I've got one story um, here. This is a leftover story. This is news from Bangladesh. Mm. Fahim is a kid from Bangladesh. And Fahim was playing hide-and-seek the other week. Getting a little hide-and-seek action. He seemed a little bit old for hide-and-seek, but maybe he just didn't have <laughs> anything going on. He was 15, Mike. He was a 15-year-old okay. playing hide-and-seek. I imagine like a 30-year-old 30, 30 guy. <laughs> seemed a little bit old. He was my age, Mike. It was a little odd. I don't know. Um, but, no, he's, he's 15, and uh, he was playing with some other kids in his neighborhood, and he ended up not being found uh, playing hide-and-seek until six days later in a completely different country. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know if I should so be laughing at this. <laughs> uh, well, no, no. It ended, it ended it's up kind of good. Funny. It, it, it uh, ended up good, Mike. But, I mean, say what you will. <clears throat> this kid's determination to win is unmatched. I mean, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> Food, sleep, doesn't matter. This guy's going to win. Yeah. Six days. Second, I feel like some parameters should be set up. You know, boundaries. <laughs> like, cause if we're playing global hide-and-seek, that's going to be a tough find. Yeah. That's a lot of places you can hide. But apparently, here's what actually happened, Mike. This kid hid in a shipping container, right? And he thought he'd hang out for a couple of minutes, but just like a movie, uh, as soon as he goes into the shipping container, they lock it up. And they actually ship it off to another country. Jeez. And this kid was stuck in the shipping container from Bangladesh to Malaysia for six days. Ooh. Ah. How did he and do amazing, that? I was about to say, and amazingly, with no food, no water, this kid stayed alive. Like... That is the absolute max a, a person can stay alive without water. There is like, it is extreme. Six days without water? That's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. So shout out to Fahim for staying live and winning the hide and seek. That's amazing. <laughs> Nicely done, Fahim. That is huh. taking it to the limit. To yeah. the limit. That's wild. How would you do, like? Well, how how would that? How would you be able to pull that off? I mean, I guess he's a young guy, so it's like you know he can. Maybe I don't. Like I would. I would go banana sh sandwich in there, Mike. You got a six yeah. days. Like you don't think you're ever getting found? That's uh, oh. Ooh. Isn't there a ooh, thing though about... where like they did like a uh, they did like a study or they did a, an experiment with a guy? They let him uh, stay in a cave, uh, and then they they asked him when he got out of the cave how long he thought he was in there, and he his like. What yeah, you got you got pretty there. good rhythms. Yeah, yeah. there. But but still, just banana sandwich, yeah. man. Yeah, banana Insane. sandwich. Mike, I've got some news that we didn't cover in uh, in in rip from the headlines because I feel like it's too important not to have it in that section, and it's too important because it's in regards to our biggest supporter of our show, friend and confidant, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yes. Yes. Tom Brady, Mike, has been in the news for two different things this past week. First off, he met with another fella you may have heard of. Another guy in his age range that is sexy known as David Beckham. Oh, yeah. They, uh, they caught up together and uh, they shut down the establishment in Miami known as Miami Slice. Hmm. A pizza place <laughs> in downtown Miami. 
Nice. They just reserved the whole uh, the whole restaurant for themselves, and uh, they made their family's pizza there. Like they mm. just came with their kids, and they were like, you know what? We own this restaurant now. They didn't actually buy it, but I'm sure they could have if they wanted to. But uh, it was Tom Brady, David Beckham, their families, and then just a bunch of folks that worked there that made him pizza. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, Mike, uh, he looked pretty happy about this pizza party, you know? But I got to ask, does that actually fall into the TB12 diet? I mean, no offense. but So true. Seems pretty wild. Pizza, you know? Come on now. No, yeah. that's a lot of carbs, Mike. It's a lot of carbs. Let himself go. It might be the. But uh, I will, I will say, Mike. I looked at the menu. Ooh, the pepperoni proper. That's right. And mm. the leeks on bacon pizza. That's right. Oh, oh my, oh my, Mike. I could overdo it into a food coma with those. <laughs> What's leeks that, on bacon? Is that salmon? Huh? What are you no, doing? No, no. You know, le- leeks are, are a, a vegetable. Oh, they yeah, are, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Never mind. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm dumb. Simil- sim- they're in the onion family. Oh, you know, yeah. You yeah you're right. You're right. Yeah. And, I was and then you and locks. And, and then, of course, bacon is bacon. Yeah. And bacon. Uh, you put two of them together. My goodness. My goodness, Mike. I mean... He, he did look very happy. He did very happy. But, you know, I looked at that, that pizza, Mike, and I thought, you know, I, I to get that pepperoni proper, I would be willing to travel to Plano, Texas and knock on Elaine's door. That's a fact. That's how good it looks. <laughs> I, would, I would do that, Mike. Uh, but, I got to see this. Miami Slice. Yeah, Miami Slice. It's it's you know it's one of the I I, I don't want to label it as a hipster doofus place, but it looks at like one of those new places that that it, just basically on its exclusivity and the way that it operates, it's became very very popular because mm. like they don't do any reservations, they don't do any like you have to wait in line. They've got one set of stools where you can eat, and There's it's a host. just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 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 very interesting. It's uh but it yeah, looks Yeah, it looks good. like an, a nice modern establishment. Yeah, it's it's interesting. But yeah, the other hmm. the other um Tom Brady news, Mike. In other Tom Brady news, it was recently revealed that during the season, due to the stress associated with his divorce from Giselle Tom lost over 15 pounds. Oh, man. Yeah. And I believe it, Mike. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, time. but he looked he he looked gaunt in a lot in a lot of his uh post-game interviews. Yeah. Very very sunken in cheeks, very very skinny, you know. But yeah. but I'd like to say, Mike, as a Tom Brady Tom Brady supporter, I think he lost more than that. Hmm. I, I think he lost more. I I'd say he lost about 126 pounds that kept nagging him about not <laughs> playing football all the time. <laughs> Team Brady. Team Brady, everybody. Talking about Giselle. She weighs 126 pounds. I yeah. had to look it up for that and uh, make sure. But yes, Mike. You're all right, Tom. You're going to make it, man. Yeah. We love you. We're behind we'll see you on the show. Okay. We know that you are fans of us, and we are fans of you. It works in a reciprocal pattern. Mm -hmm. We love it. 
Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than Yee Williams from Pepper right here on the Doc G Show. G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are super happy to have a fantastic drummer of a fantastic band, Pepper, on the show with us today, Mr. Yasad Williams. Yee, how's it going? Amazing. Thank you for that warm and epic intro. I love it. Thank you so much. Try to bring the enthusiasm, you know? Try to. Try yeah, to. Yeah, you, you, brought, you brought the aloha, in my opinion. The yes. aloha spirit is already just alive and well on this interview. I love it. I love it, man. That is, that's fantastic. Well, speaking of the aloha spirit, 20 years of your homage to your hometown, uh, Kona Town, the tour is coming up. Uh, how... How excited are you guys? I mean, this is sort of your your seminal album of the band, obviously. How excited are you guys to get back on the road and 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 you're playing this you're playing the album in full, right? Yeah, it's crazy. That's the first time. Our, I mean, like you said, it's our uh, uh, whatever seminal album, our flagship. It's it's what we came out of the gates with in a sense because we are uh, uh, so proud of where we come from. You know, it's like ev- everything that we value so much was instilled in us while growing up in Kona and 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 we don't think that things would be nearly the same if we weren't from where we're from and we have nothing but just so much gratitude and and just so much love and and everything for it so point being is we wanted to come straight out of the gates with Kona Town um technically it being our second album because our first one's given it which is kind of like a glorified uh demo so I mean our first our first real official studio produced album would be Kona Town. So we wanted to come right out of the gates with it. And our set has always been pretty Kona Town heavy due to that fact that it's 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 our, our really our flagship. Um, but we've never played the whole thing all the way through, ever even, I mean, even close. Cause I, we've gone, your more obscure tracks like uh, uh, 
like a face plant. Mm-hmm. We've maybe brought it out for a year or so. And maybe that happened maybe in like 2012, I think. I remember we, we brought it out of the uh, cupboard per se for a couple tours. And uh, um, then again, like maybe a few years before that. So it's never really been one that's been um, uh, wrenched on super heavily live. So that one's uh, coming out with the whole album is going to be such a treat. Things like tongues that, you know, again, we've we've delved here and there with it, but haven't really worked it like like a stone love. You know yeah. what I mean? A stone love has been has been kind of like wrenched on turns so many times. There's been different versions. There've been so many just just lives of that song. So to get the whole album out the whole family, if you will, the whole, uh, as, as one and really to see how it interacts in the live setting, because I mean, that, that word live is not a pun when it comes to music, that's alive. Yeah. That is a creature of its own. It, it comes at you in different ways during mm-hmm. the show. It, you know what I mean? It, it says no to some, it's like, that did not work, buddy. You that one up. Uh, excuse my French. I'm sorry if we can. Uh, oh, you're we're not good. Supposed to cuss you're here. good. Um, uh, so yeah, so so to see the way that some of these songs are going to interact with each other is going to be so fun and and so and so rad and 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 we don't want it to be a gimmicky thing where it's like yeah, come out and and see the whole album being played like uh, come out for the hundredth uh, reunion tour. You know what I mean? All those things like turn into such a gimmicky thing, but it's. Uh, it's it's not because this is the first time that the whole body of work is going to interact with each other and just on an artistic level i think it's just so exciting and just exciting for us to see what happens um and then of course there's going to be a lot of other uh uh, surprises and some other uh uh aspects to the show and other life that is not just kona town because obviously kona town's about a I, I think like 38 minutes or yeah. 40 minutes or something like that. Um, so yeah, so we're getting some old, uh, some old aspects of Pepper in there. That's not necessarily uh, Kona Town, but just kind of the older uh, generations of uh, uh, Pepper. We're going to introduce back into the show. Nice. Um, I've got a drum solo that I've been working out um, for this tour. Um, so that's uh, uh, going to be super fun. And I'm, I'm paying homage to uh, uh, Rick Allen from Def Leppard on this tour, which is interesting because, like, I've really, like, over the last few years, I've last year I was uh, paying homage to my all-time favorite, John Bonham, because I, I dressed like uh, he yeah, did in I the mid-70s. That. I saw that. The, yeah, the, yeah, the clockwork orange kind of vibe. And then uh, prior to that, I was uh, did two years or yeah two cycles in a row where I was paying homage to Chad Smith and the Chili Peppers with like my Dickies coveralls, and then I did a, 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 a denim uh, overalls the next year. And then this year, I'm not going to totally give away the ghost, but what I got going on this year, it turned out I, I just finished the idea, and I'm like, this is straight up an homage to Rick Allen. Def Leppard, excuse my French again. Um, but uh, I and I've never really grown up as a huge like Rick Allen's my guy. I love Rick yeah. Allen, but but the magic of music 
And the magic of this whole thing led me there. And now I'm like flying this epic flag for Rick Allen from Def Leppard, which is just like so cool that it just randomly happened that way. So that's another, uh, yeah, go ahead. I feel like somebody's thinking out there, I mean, is and this is obviously folks that know him uh is is this going to be a, a one-armed thing are you going to do a no no okay it's, okay. it's not yeah no okay. no no that, i'm not i'm not that talented i, 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 I didn't I know if I... you're going to try to break it out and just come back like he did just uh you know just no. one arm behind your back or something you know i didn't know yeah although there's a guy online that i'm uh i don't know if you've caught window lately uh he's gone super viral over the last few years a drummer named uh uh Estario, or his name is an absolute uh, tongue twister. Uh, from- S- similar to similar to Ponte Pontevedra. 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 God, I'm never gonna get this <laughs> So I, 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 lo- I love you, Pontevedra. I love you. He I does. promise. He does. Uh, don't, don't worry. That show's already sold out anyway, so it's it's fine. They're 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 already locked in. They're good. You can win yes, them over at there the it show. Is. The, the love is the love is just overflowing already, yeah. as the aloha was right when we logged on. Amen. Here. Amen. Um, but uh, but yeah, the drummer. I think you know who I'm talking about. He's I do. got like a huge. Yeah, he's got a huge his he's, YouTube he's channel. Got is like uh, five hundred thousand. He's got the the mohawk and the, and the beard. Is that the guy you're talking about? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a he's a Spanish legend. He's yeah. from Spain, mm-hmm. and he does he plays great. He's the so most, fast. I don't know how he got. I don't know how he got so good. He's got the fastest hands I've ever seen. Like, it's unbelievable where he plays certain songs. Like, I think he played Bat Country by Avenged Sevenfold mm-hmm. with one hand. Mm-hmm. And and everyone challenged him on it. Everyone's like, no way. You sped this up. There's no way. So he did a challenge video to their challenge proving yeah. that he oh, yeah. really can play that fast with one hand. And I was like, yeah. So that guy, all the respect to him, man. It's and I'm and he he too has the most crazy name for his YouTube channel. I think it means something. I don't think it's his actual name. No, I think it's like a star. Yeah, I think it's like a stario. Like it, it's yeah. I, I, I'm definitely familiar with him. He is. I mean, he, I I don't know if I've ever seen somebody have just sort of like that much control and speed at drumming like it it's it's just like the covers that he does and the the insane things as far as not just hands i mean his his footwork on the the bass like it is just it's crazy it's it's crazy i mean you you talk you talked to one uh one drummer that i actually got to uh interview a while back i actually i think i did like his first uh podcast interview but grayson recruitment um yeah. Who? Yeah. Grace. So- Grayson's pretty nuts too. I mean, he's he's got some some crazy ability, but uh, his he's a little bit different than than the other guys for sure. Well, he's a full jazz guy. Yeah. Yeah. Grayson's a man. I, I I love Grayson. He's such a sweet dude too. He's like the most most humble, just most amazing human, and on top of it, just such an incredible shredder. And he is incredible because you saw that from the time the pandemic started to the end of it. You saw his improvement was glaring. It was like you could tell he just really just honed in and just really like. I mean, so of course, there's natural talent involved there as well. Mm. But to re- to refine that natural talent to where where he's gotten it is just mind blowing. But yeah, he was like back when we were talking about how fast uh, 
the uh, Astario is with his hands. That was Grayson was the other first one I oh. thought of because he's just insane. Yeah. But he's more the jazz tip where Astario is more the rocker yeah. kind of metal, yeah. metal metal tip. But both, I mean, those guys could probably. I would I would love to see those two shed together. That would be amazing. It's one it's one of those things that like I mean you know there's all kinds of stupid crap on on social media, but like when you come across somebody like that. And you do see, because both of them now have, you know, huge followings as far as people actually watching them. You're like, well, that's that's good. That's good that people can actually see that, you know? Like, that's good that this got out there. There's there's There was a purpose for this, because, yeah, I mean, every time I watch either one of their videos, it, like, because I actually, that was the first thing that I came across was I was getting these videos of Grayson <clears throat> doing those solo covers. Where you know he would he would have a, there were a couple of John Bonham ones where he'd have the John Bonham up in the corner and then he'd start playing yeah. and like and I I remember I was just going through the videos and I saw that on the feed and I was like he's not gonna try to cover that it, it, he's gonna and like and so then I watched it I was like wow that's note for note no pro and like and then that's the thing when I asked him I was like you know how long like how much do you practice on these and he was like yeah i usually like look at it you know 20 minutes or so i'll go through it a couple of times and i i think then i'm pretty good on it i'm just like 20 minutes like are you kidding me like what it would take me years yeah, there, like it's yeah it, there's there, there there's that natural talent right it's yeah. like it's like are you kidding me because i i uh, a recent speaking of um a, a other podcast i listen to John Frusciante on Rick Rubin's podcast Broken Record mm -hmm. and he talks about uh, when they were I think it might have been the By The Way album that uh, when the other guys weren't available Kiedis and Flea because they were like at a Lakers game or something usually Chad would always be down to jam mm -hmm. so Frusciante and Chad would get together and they would like play they would just pick an album they'd be like oh Black Sabbath 1 let's just play the whole thing today and they'd be like sick let's do it and Prashanti said Chad what he takes is one listen so he would just listen to whatever album they'd call out in the morning Chad would listen to it on the way to the studio one time and he'd be good to play the whole thing I'm just like it's <laughs> it, I, it it's insane man like Chad Smith is is like you watch I remember after Blood Sugar Sex Magic they they came out with like this you know jamming with Chad drum like videos and like mm -hmm. his ability to go through those and like talk about the different uh you know his his different grooves and everything like that and then he'd be like hey you switch it up you do this and you go back and like just it, it it's mine i mean the other that reminds me i i had uh i had johnny rab on the show who's now with the uh, uh collective soul and you know he's been a mm -hmm. he's been like sort of a session drummer for so long before he was with Co right. uh collective soul and he went to berkeley school of music and i remember when i was growing up i got um i got a rolling electronic kit and i was so excited about the rolling electronic kit because because i could be you know in my room jamming without making a whole bunch of noise and they came with videos uh you know like sort of teaching videos of how how to play and he was one of the instructors and i remember when i i i started playing along with it it was just so insane because he'd be like okay we're gonna so you're gonna do a paradiddle you're gonna start with your your left emphasis there and let's work it around the kit yeah, 
Pretty easy. All right, now let's speed it up. Just speed it up about two times. Okay, okay, now switch it over to your foot with the left-handed pattern instead of your left foot. And you're just like, what the hell? No, yeah. like, come on, man. But, uh... Yeah, and, he, and, he's, and he's talking during it. He's just like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going <laughs> to talk to you while I'm doing this and showing you, too. But, yeah, no, <clears throat> he's... Chad Smith is definitely one of the um, greatest, like, freeform drummers of our time where oh, yeah. uh, it's like I, I i know he's very strategic but he also like as far as drumming on the fly goes like that guy's such a jammer oh yeah like you know what i mean you could put him in the a room with anyone and he's going to carry that beat for forever oh yeah such a legend so so much so before i before i get too off topic there um you know we drums we, are never off <laughs> drums are never off topic man never. that's true <laughs> that is true uh, well, to get back onto Pepper a little bit. So we, we were talking Let's about, we were talking about Kona town, uh, and you know, it is 20 years you're stopping like, like we already mentioned, we alluded to you're stopping in Ponte Vedra, uh, in our neck of the woods there, Ponte Vedra concert hall. And I actually heard in another interview, you were talking about when last time, I think it was the last time you were in St. Augustine, how you really dig St. Augustine because of the dressing at Gypsy Cab, the salad dressing. And I have, I have not had this. Okay, yes, okay, but oh man, I'm so, okay, so I don't know if it's just temporarily. Yes, you're absolutely right. There's a story of this dressing as well. Okay. Um, I guess I guess Steve Martin, when he played at St. Augustine Amphitheater years ago, like 10 years ago, tasted this glorious, liquid gold <laughs> as we like to call it that exists on this earth yeah and uh he and he loved it so much that he started getting it shipped to his house out, uh, on the west coast i guess like by the like every month you get a case because it was so good and it's from but the heartbreaking uh Not side of it is cab. we just played there yeah it's from gypsy cab oh okay. exactly okay yeah that's who because that's who but they don't do this last summer. They weren't doing the catering at the St. Augustine Amphitheater anymore. So they didn't have the dressing. And I was like, it kind of threw my summer for a loop. I was like, wait, wait, I look forward every summer to coming here because of this dressing. I tell the crew about, I tell everyone about it. I tell, it's like that meme where the uh, guy's talking about the one drum part that you'll never even notice again, that he's talk, trying to explain for like 45 minutes. Yeah, That's me with this dressing. I'm like, always leading up to St. Augustine I'm like you guys have you had the dressing oh my god you haven't let me explain it to you for 50 minutes okay so now and uh so I was telling everyone about it I think we had maybe like a, a new crew guy or something so like really breaking it down how amazing it is it's like five ingredients that's the best thing ever and then we show up and there's no gypsy cap and there was no dressing and I was like wait, wait I just got completely rugged I can't believe this and like like everyone I've been talking to about this is like and so yeah, they didn't have it. Everyone, I guess they got asked a bunch of times, but that is one of the many reasons that I love uh, St. Augustine. We've got uh, uh, some good friends uh, out there that we always go golfing with, um, which is amazing. And uh, also it being, isn't it the oldest city in the, yeah. in the, oldest, in the country? Oldest established uh, settlement in, in the country. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um Always uh, shout out to our boy Ethan that does the shows with us out there. He's uh, been taking care of us for decades in Florida. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, it's amazing. And uh, I, I need to try uh, this always... dressing though. I have I haven't tried it. No. Yeah, you you get well. 
they have it at Gypsy Cab. You got to go to Gypsy Cab, and it's the um, it's the one that's got nutritional yeast in it. I don't know okay. exactly what they called it, but it's got it's got it's basically olive oil, garlic, nutritional yeast, um, and maybe like a, an herb or a couple herbs or something. But like that's it, and just the proportions and the way they make it is just like it's it's sh- it's literally sip worthy. Just like taking a sip of it, it's so good. Um, I'm, so shout I'm, out Gypsy Cab, we miss out. you. We miss you at St. Augustine Amphitheater. Please come back, and uh, uh, we will be forever thankful, forever in your grave. I was about to say, hopefully they they set it back up so they come they they come back to catering because it's going to be a tough blow. I'm hoping gonna... it's going to be a very tough blow. Sorry to cut you off, but I'm hoping someone like Steve Martin comes back and complains because that'll move the chain. If if if, uh, but if he's if, getting if it already the, shipped to his house, he's not he's not worried anymore about the catering, you know. Oh, like that's true. He's just a wild and crazy guy. Yeah, yeah. Got, I mean, you gotta you gotta get that. You gotta move the you know move the needle with your with your pepper influence and just come in and be like, listen, I need this shipped to my house since you're no longer catering. You need to just you need to provide me with this goodness. Because I actually, that was, I That's mean, I, I sort of thought the same thing when, when I when I saw you say that in an interview. I was like, eh, I'll go check out their website. Yeah, can't get it on the website. Can't. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Gypsy Cab, we're coming for you. I'm going to come. I might just go down there in person, maybe. Just, just, uh, just next tr- time around. In it's, person, it's going to be more convincing to try to get the dress. Yeah. So that makes, makes sense. Exactly. I'll just like be like I'm gonna sop it up with my beard, guys. Just lay some out on the counter for me. Just I'm just some gonna save some. But, I mean, <laughs> as, as, speaking of, like we mentioned, you know, uh, Kona Town is the reason that you're coming in for the tour. Uh, if if uh-huh. we went back to tw- 2002 and, and told the 2002 you, hey, you're gonna uh, have a, a foot long beard in 2023. And you're going to be playing the 20th anniversary of this album. Uh, what would you think? Would you be psyched? Would you be like, yes, finally? I, yeah, I, I would be confused about the beard because I never, I never, the beard was a completely organic, no pun or pun intended. I don't know, but um, uh, it did. Like I, I came home, my wife, I came home from a tour like five years ago, and I think. Uh, or I don't know, probably like seven or eight years ago. Time is such an illusion these days. But um, uh, we had been dating for maybe four months at the time, or a few months, and and I came back and it was just kind of was wasn't sh- chauvin for maybe a few weeks or months or something like a little longer than usual, you know? Yeah. And uh, and she's just like, oh no, no, I, I, I dig it. No, it's just like, oh cool, just let the laziness continue. <laughs> and that and that was kind of that, that was it. I never before that I never imagined to be a beard guy whatsoever. Any like no, that there was never any thought of it before that. So back to your question, I would have been confused. I would have been like, what beard guy? Never would have thought that whatsoever. Although I do come from a heavy hippie family, so this is it. All make none of this is is like unfounded it was, you know what it I mean? was it all like kind you of, said it was organic it was in there it was it all it all and it all makes sense you know what i mean like everything happens for a reason i guess is what i'm trying to say and um so yeah so that would have confused me and then the uh next one i would have been first of all just super grateful because i would have been like wait so you're telling me 
we're still going to be touring and we're still going to be doing this in 20 years. And then that would have been, so yeah, my my mind would have been blown twice. First about the beard. Second of all, that we're still going to be going and going strong. And then flash forward me to right now and talking to you. It's like, I mean, to, to the fact that we're still like growing and we're still, um, uh, uh, evolving and we're still just just the uh the the passion we're still following this this amazing magic just passion fueled magic that is music and and still loving it and uh, still writing new music and to have i mean to have the local motion album uh come out a few years ago and have a song like warning on it that's yeah. like one of the top songs in our catalog and to to be on an album that has come 20 years in our career it's like a lot of a lot of bands you see this deep in their career and and they're just uh you know their new stuff is more just like a placeholder it's like oh we put this album out and and nothing against any 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 anything but like usually like a band gets to the point where they're a couple decades old and they're just like releasing new music and it becomes a bit of a format and i'm saying this from a, a band standpoint where bands that I listen to it's like they release new music and I'm like oh, okay right on I'm still gonna just yeah. keep listening to the old stuff it's kind of a bit of a formality yeah um, so so to, to see our fans so Ohana which is our lifeblood which is everything and especially us being an independent band react so massively to a song like Warning and just make so many new fans has been has been really amazing and such a such a uh, you know we're so grateful to have uh, um, such resonance to new music that we're releasing, which uh, reminds me of a little bit of intel for you. We have a bunch of new music that we're going to be releasing oh. uh, this 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 year as well. So let's not let we let's not get we, ahead of ourselves. I was about let's to say. honor. Yeah, let's not jump too far ahead because we've got to honor Conantown. We got to honor the heart and 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 uh, uh, the the seminal flagship, like we're talking about this whole time, but. After that, there's going to be uh, uh, some new music coming too. So I definitely want everyone to get excited nice. for that. And nice. Florida, I mean, Florida was like like our second home, man. It was like the first time we went there in 1999, I think. It was just like, like these are our people, you know what I mean? Everyone everyone really, we're, we're like, because it was like coming from Hawaii to the West Coast was, was cool. It was like a little bit of a culture shock. We been in Hawaii our whole lives but there was a lot of similarities surf culture the beach culture and then we started touring like beyond the west coast and going like inland in the midwest and we we're like <laughs> yeah we we're like this is a whole different a whole different vibe just different people just like super rad to experience but a very very much we we're fish out of water and then we went a little further and we got to Florida and we were like wow these guys don't give a mess about about they just want to party and have a good time and we were like wow let's do this so i mean the, the and then it showed in our shows too we were like 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 southern california started opening up and then and then literally florida was the second place which was three three thousand miles away from where we were kind of setting up shops so um always just such a special place and and, and uh uh hence me leaking a little info for you guys, you know, gotta gotta get you guys yes. there. Yes, but like, I mean, you, you know, you were talking about that as far as I mean, you guys moving across the country, sort of hustling through that, and it, it seemed like 
your, your whole career, I mean, there was just this sort of, I, I don't know, adventurous spirit that you guys had, like, let's just try to get it. We, we, we can do that next. We can do this next. Let's try to... And I, I heard you talking about you actually, like, the when you first got on the Warp Tour in 2001, it was basically because you guys agreed to set up and break down the stage each yeah. night. Uh, <laughs> which... Yeah, I'm gonna guess you guys had like no idea what you were doing on that one. None. Like I and, and I'm glad we didn't because if we would have known how rigorous it was gonna be, we might not have agreed to do it. Just because yeah. it was like it was intense. So, but that's what you nailed it though. That's what it was for us. It was that's what it is for us. It's, um, it, it's, there's no was here. It, it always is, and and that's what it is for us. Is like this adventure of okay, how can we do this? It's like I mean. Uh, the latest adventure is probably the record label, Law Records. We're like, yeah. okay, we love we, we love Epitaph. We love everything that Brett from Bad Religion's done with Epitaph. We love Cat Records. We love, uh, I mean, if you want to get down to it too, we love Skunk Records because every like Sublime and mm -hmm. and every even down to the, the first slightly stupid record and like so. We knew we loved all these independent labels. We knew we, we loved the spirit of them. We loved, I mean, Sub Pop, even go back to Nirvana in the early days, the Sonic Youth, and it was like, I mean, I've got a poster on my wall right here. It's, it says Sub Pop Now by any means currently available. It's like such an epic. So just that's, that by any means currently available, that was kind of like, or still is like our credo where it's like, hey, with the label, how are we gonna do this? We have no idea, but let's do it. And we just, we just kind of put one foot in front of the other, tripped a bunch of times, uh, but got up and just kept going. And now we've got this fully functioning, awesome label with uh, with cashed out and uh, sideways and uh, tunnel vision. And we just signed uh, Sierra Lane from she's from Florida as yeah. well. Um, uh, uh, Joe Samba is coming on tour with us for this uh, tour, and so. Yeah, we've got a full. We've got a general manager that we that is a full time employee. We we have other full time employees. It's like it's a real business that we have now. So I mean, when you talk about it from when it was just, hey, we love what these guys are doing. I wonder if we could do that someday. To what it is now, it's like it's it's so amazing, and and it's kind of like you said, it's it's what we uh, have done this whole time. And with the Warp Tour, back to your original question, that was we. Okay, we start the band in 97, we write some songs, we realize our one buddy that we grew up with who ends up doing all the art on all our albums, Ben Bruff, he was a pro surfer at the time for Volcom. He, we decide we're gonna move to the mainland. He tells us, oh, Ryan Immigard is actually starting a label for Volcom. I can link you guys up with him. So we're like, cool, perfect. We fly to the mainland, we move into our friend's apartment. We uh, link up with Ryan Immigard. And, you know, we kind of start to realize like, huh, wonder how much he really wanted to link up with us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was like, he was probably like, yeah, no problem. You can introduce it. Like, not like, hey, have them move to the mainland and come meet me kind yeah. of thing. You know what I mean? It was, but we didn't care. We, we were there and we, and in turn, they let us use their office, use their printers. This was before like really the internet was happening. So we were, we were, uh, literally making our own flyers that we'd copy and paste a, a master version of the flyer that we got a gig at some bar or whatever. Yeah. And then they let us use their printer so we could print up 100, 200 copies of them, which we didn't have enough money to go to Kinko's at the time and make it. So it, w it was a blessing. But at the end of the day, 
they were kind of just like letting us in the office. We were trying to stay out of their way because they, at the time, had just signed CKY and uh, a couple other like kind of harder bands that was kind of more in their vein of music. So we were kind of just like, for lack of a better term, a little bit of the redheaded stepchild, just trying to like yeah. like fit in a little bit. But this is where, you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease kind of thing. We stayed there and we kept coming back and we kept booking shows and we kept making flyers. And then eventually it got to a point where the record label got serious and they got a deal with MCA and they offered us a record contract and it came with the stipulation of you can go on work tour too but you gotta basically set up and break down the stage every day which was and it wasn't some crazy like okay cool just hit a few buttons and ooh, yeah, the no. hydraulics are gonna lift the thing up no it was eight planks of wood that had these like wooden stands that like basically it was like a like a home depot job stage you know what i mean and yeah so that and that wasn't the worst of it the 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 gnarly part that this is what happened so after getting into like the tour for like a week we realized oh wait we need to be at every venue at like six in the morning because we need to be there when the trucks get there with all the stages and everything yeah. to set up the stage before like 10 in the morning because the doors are going to open at noon and then bands need to be playing on it so we we're like oh oh wait so we need to leave early and make sure like, well, we need to leave the second we break down the stage because we couldn't leave that early. We needed to wait for the last band to play so we could break down the stage. So those were like these like really long days where we would play, well, we would get there, we would locate the semi, the flatbed. Oh, there's the Volcom stage. Okay, we'd go over it. And then we would have to like direct these guys on the uh, forklifts or find someone on the forklift to carry it where it's going, get the stage set up. And then if, we played early, say at like 12.30 or 1, we'd play, and then we'd have to just Set kind of there. just hang all day, try and, yeah, try and, try and sell merch, but like we weren't really selling any merch. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna lie, there was a few shows into the tour, we didn't even have any merch, and someone was like, you guys have any merch? And we are like, wait, what's up? And they were like, you guys need some t-shirts and stuff out. So finally we got some t-shirts printed up, but like I said, there was, we were playing to like one person a day, maybe, maybe three people a day, um, hustling and so those days would be yeah yeah hustling and then a couple weeks went by of that and we were like oh my god this is nuts and these were the days where some 41 and good charlotte were just blowing up and they were on the stage next to us which was the second stage there was the two main stages and there was the second stage that's and gonna draw some they attention. were blowing up yeah and they were blowing up so they would have like at least a couple thousand people a day watching them and this is just one of the character building experiences of that summer, which was there was millions of them. But so sometimes we would get the slot right after, say, some 41 or Good Charlotte. So we'd be on the Volcom stage ready to play. They'd be and then we'd be like, they'd finish that their last song and we would start three, four, dun, 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 dun. And we would just be begging, please, come on, please stay. And we just play. We actually tell you the truth. I think we'd always try to start with one of our like fat, like, come on, let's start with the too much or like some like, like a faster Harder, song yeah. or something. Cause mm -hmm. maybe these, maybe that. And we literally, we would watch 2000 people just walk uh, past, right past, right past, like 
kind of like maybe stop for a second and turn their head yeah. and then just go straight to the next like pop punk band they were gonna watch if they out on the schedule or something and it was man it was brutal because it would be like like such like well, there's a chance that <laughs> even though we knew <laughs> that everyone's gonna <laughs> walk away yeah. well there's a chance that, no no and then so that that happened that whole summer and it was just such we made a lot of good friends though it's like you know we met like like speaking of epitaph we met some of our heroes that summer we met that have become really good friends of ours like pennywise you know what i mean we that was the first time we ever met him and then flash forward to like 2008 we did a co-headlining tour with them for a jaeger tour so it's like we made amazing relationships with not just other bands but with the warp tour in general Mm -hmm. which if it wasn't for the warp tour man we wouldn't we, I don't think we'd be where we are today because back before there was this reggae rock scene, there wasn't a place for us yeah. per se. So it was like it was like us and slightly stupid and like the Expendables, like doing like warp tours, think, doing like yeah. our own dates. Yeah, do it. And then and then you know the 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 lucky one or ones would occasionally get like oh a 311 tour or something like that, and and that would be like the golden goose at that yeah. point because like i said there was no like red revolution hadn't blown up like there was far from stick figure blowing up there was just iration hadn't blown up there just wasn't a scene yet at all so um well that's I so was, yeah so work for i was gonna say that i mean as far as like you know you, you guys have done some seemingly sort of weird combinations in in the career and <laughs> and and now <laughs> And now you guys have like I mean pretty much it's it's always it, it melds you you've got all these bands uh, uh you know on ticket common kings at like bands that we've had on the show a bunch common kings tropidelic ballyhoo stick figure catastro high re the movement like it's it's all in yeah. like you said sort of that reggae roots scene but they all came a good deal after you guys got that start um do you like do you guys see yourself i mean you know not like in a uh like do you see yourself in like a big brother role to some of those bands like to be like hey listen this is this is the way it went down on these things this is you know or or is it just you like having other people that that want to play in that reggae scene um i'm i, I mean i'm i'm here for for a life of service man so it's like anything that i can do to help and and i mean that's another reason why we have the label so we can you know hopefully people can learn from our mistakes or 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 you know take our two cents or or whatever kind of quote-unquote knowledge we've gained for from doing these warp tours and just you know being through you know we've been on two major labels we've released our own music been on independent labels you know we've been and seen we've been through and seen a lot as far as the the music industry goes and and whatnot so um yeah i i i don't know i like i never really think of myself as anything except a drummer <laughs> so uh, um so uh I, I i don't really like look at it from that scope yeah. but when i do when i do i fully accept it with open arms because i think that's like that that's like a, a a major impetus between or, or, or impetus for having a label is to to have sustainable growth for other other artists oh, for sure. because the more art because the more art that's in this world the better place this world is so 
if we can be, you know, any kind of inspiration, outlet, uh, generator of the art of music, then we're all for it. So, uh, so yeah, and, and I, I mean, I do even like, you know, like any, like, like Bonalia, it's like, like we've been developing her for, let's see, maybe like six years now or so, or five or six years. Mm-hmm. She's uh, had a really, like her last album, her and Johnny Cosmic from Stick really just hit a creative stride and, and they're continuing that with the new music they're making. And um, so just to see stuff like that, where it's like we met her at, and this actually, this this will pull the Big Brother thing into it perfectly, where it's like we met her at, in Huntington, New York in Long Island at our, at our show in 2018-ish. And she came to the VIP she like bought a VIP mm-hmm. package and came to the meet and greet and we met her and we, we, we signed her ankle and she tattooed our, our signatures on her ankle. She still wow. like shows them. She still shows them off any chance she gets because she's such an amazing fan. But fast forward like three or six months after that show and we catch wind of like her doing a cover of, I think it actually might've been too much uh, on like her, her Instagram or yeah, I think it was her Instagram and we just were like, wow, actually, she's had a, a, a super nuts voice, and yeah. like, kind of like, you know, see see the the the, the under bubblings of, of what was happening under there. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and it's funny because I just I just heard some demos of the new stuff, and it was like another layer had bloomed. So it's like we could see that there was some some layers that were ready to bloom underneath there. So anyway, flash forward, we ended up uh, doing a deal with her. Uh, we've put out one full length and some uh, EP with her and you know she just continues to grow and grow and and yeah it's kind of that full-blown big brother thing so yeah that's 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 what we're here for you know like like I said it's like I don't I don't really think of it in any sort of way but but yeah I think you nailed it where that's kind of a huge part of of um, having a label is to try and put things out in a proper way that that I guess we see that has inspired us yeah. in the past you know because like i said back to the epitaphs back to the sub pops back to all this amazing independent music that has came out over our existence it's like it's like we just see what we thought was rad and then we kind of try and stick to what's true to our hearts and and do what we think's rad and um that seems to be the most authentic outcome whether it be the label whether it be the band whether it be anything it's like we find the inspiration, we grasp onto it, we get inspired and we do what's true to our heart and we hope what comes out the other end is authentic and real and people grasp onto it as that. Yeah. And I guess that's all you can really wish for, you know? Well, I mean, you you, you nailed it with the recent release from the, the record label, you guys. I mean, fairly recent, uh, last two years there. You did the, the House That Bradley Built compilation and sort of bringing that in yes. together. Um you know, because you, you brought in so many of those artists that we mentioned. Basically, everybody you can think of sort of in the roots reggae, you know, scene that's out there uh, played on those two albums because there was a compilation one, compilation two. Uh, and it's basically, to you know, a tribute album to Sublime to, to raise money for the Noel Foundation that was raising uh, money for a rehab center called the Bradley's House. But... There, there, were, there were just so many good songs on that. And I was sort of wondering, uh, if, from your perspective, you know, sort of putting it together and whatnot, uh, how how awesome was it just seeing, like, 
what these artists did, seeing, you know, these different artists bring in their sort of vision of it, their side of things on each one of these these sublime songs. Yeah, that was so I'm so glad you brought that up. That was so amazing. And to be able so I'll, I'll take it from the beginning and um again, Paul, the GM at our, our record label was talking to Kelly, uh, Bradley's sister at a Cali Roots, I think 2018, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just started rapping out and Paul was just like, hey, how can we help the foundation? Like, ask, like I don't know if you want to talk to Papa Jim, maybe you guys can brainstorm, but at, like figure out how maybe Pepper or Law Records could help uh, the foundation bring some light to it, raise some money. And yeah. uh, Paul's first idea, first idea was like, oh, well maybe, uh, Pepper could cover a Sublime song and we could do it all for charity and then that just started snowballing and started snowballing and just like oh, okay and then I think we might have brought it up to a few people maybe just even um, law artists and they were like yeah are you kidding me so then it became this just just absolute just beacon of inspiration of wait so we can honor Bradley here like there, this is a just amazing chance to not only honor Bradley who Arguably, if it wasn't for Bradley and Sublime, I'm not sure if this whole reggae rock scene would even be a thing yeah, right now. God, uh, yeah, I don't even know. I don't know if we'd be a band. Like, who, who knows? The world would be a different place because they, in my mind, are one of the greats of all time. Yeah. Um, and, like, I mean, I, honestly, like, I think you talk about, like, a Steve Miller band or, like, any of these, like, great legacy artists that are just absolute icons. And I put Sublime right up there with them these days. Like, they're just straight... Just they, they timeless were, icons. They were, uh, you know, and I've talked about it with a couple of the other, um, a couple of the other reggae, current reggae roots artists that we've had. Not we, I mean, we had some of the older ones that you know you guys have been lucky enough to work with at Law too that weren't inspired by Sublime, like the still, like we had Still Pulse on the show, and obviously, uh, you know, they they were inspired in the original sort of wave of of uh, reggae. But you look at that late 90s to mid 2000s reggae artist um that's that's the number one thing that's the only thing they bring up is sublime that's what brought them to reggae was oh this band seems so cool they're so inventive they've got so many things going on and i mean you know it's sublime had all kinds of other you know they had rock influences they had sky influences they had all these other things but the reggae sort of intrigued everybody that was really a unique part of their sound. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think any of those bands out there now would, would be around. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, no. And it's interesting. You say that about the reggae being like super intriguing. And I mean, I think you could probably say the same thing with the police where it was like, whether people knew they were being intrigued by reggae or not, they were yeah because a lot of that that you listen to so lonely roxana any of those early police hits and it's like that's that's straight up that's all Mm -hmm. a bunch of reggae that you're listening to so um but with uh uh but with sublime like for me personally even i first heard hope the descendants cover from 40 ounce to freedom which is the punk rock song it was on a surf video called momentum 2 that taylor Steele made in the early 90s and that was when I was real hopped up on all the epitaph stuff that I was finding out about Pennywise, about yeah. uh, about no facts, about bad bad religion, about no fun at all, about all these just such rad underground punk rock bands. 
And then I heard the Sublime song and I was like, oh, wow, this is, I thought, like, I guess for lack of a better way of saying it, I thought that Sublime was another punk rock band, which I was stoked about. I was like, I can't yeah. believe I found another one. Yes, this is amazing. And then a friend from the mainland came with the Four Nance the Freedom CD and he put on Don't Push. And this is what we're talking about. The whole reggae thing was very intriguing because it, it threw me for a loop. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Because I was expecting to hear another like something super like like nitro, full blown turbo uh, BPMs, like all the punk rock stuff was at that time. So, so then I hear Don't Push and I'm like, full in from an African land, like, Chase up, wait, what? <laughs> and then he's talking about Bob Marley and like, you're like, and I was like, I was so confused, but it took me a while to realize it was reggae. I didn't know, like, I, yeah. just, I just was thrown for a loop that it wasn't punk rock. That's that was the loop that I was thrown for. I was like, wait, what is this? this isn't... And then people started talking about, oh yeah, there's a state rape song too. And like, and that can't kind of became the whole like meta for Sublime was like, oh yeah. Because, you know, there's always, if there's a little like racy kind of intriguing story, like we see in hip hop all the time. Gotta like, have the oh, taboo. 50, yeah. yeah, 50 Cent got shot nine times. Like, oh my God, who like, like, I love him. Have you heard one of the songs? No, but I love it. It's like, it's like that that date rape was such that that lore for Sublime where it's like even if you hadn't heard the song, you knew about like the mm -hmm. date rape band. But yeah, so it was like this like amazing like lore and then and then I think it all kinda like started falling into place for me. And then the three or the Sublime self title comes out like a little bit after the blue three eleven album. So then I really put it all together though. I was like, Oh wow. Like this, this is incredible this is something else. And then the Stand By Your Van album came out, the live album, and that is exactly where I was like, we need to do, we need to do, I want to do something. Because I hadn't, I hadn't played drums for a few years at that point, so I was just so like a teenager surfing, this yeah. and that, so I kind of like quit playing drums. That was like the whole, for me, I was like, this is, I, I, it was almost like I was in those shows. I would listen to that Stand By Your Van CD, and it was almost like I was like on stage with them, pretty much. And I could just feel it, and I was like, "Oh!" And then, that, and then that's what led to me and Kaleo at a beach party in like early '97 or late '96 or something, like talking and being like, "Oh, we should, we should jam, we should do something." And then he's like, "Yeah, we'll go to the Brett's house and we can jam." And, and then we had our first jam, and kind of like the rest is history. And then, so to bring it then full circle with what you're talking about having this opportunity to to honor brad after paul and kelly had talked and like it snowballed into this like maybe we could just do a compilation of of our friends bands of i mean everyone like loves sublime so yeah. i'm sure people are going to be really excited about honoring bradley in this way and on top of it for a good cause so we just started reaching out and then it just so happened it fell right when the pandemic hit so we were just like, like Paul and I were just like, let's do this, let's do this, and then, and then you know we got uh, Brent Cleo did uh, tracks for it for us, and you know just the whole machine started uh, just moving, and next thing you know we had, I think fifty six songs that ended up being or fifty five songs. I mean, it's I think basically we, we the whole Sublime catalog, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, yeah, we did a tally, and I think we were short like. 10 songs or like 12 songs or something like that minus like some crazy b-sides from like bootlegs and stuff like that but um so yeah so it turned into and 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 speaking of which i mean yeah we've made uh, amazing relationships through that and just all the all the 
just amazingness and, and rad inspiration that sparked from that. And to, we just actually crossed, I think, about $100,000 we've raised for um, the nice. Noel Foundation. Because we give, we, we basically, we keep like a little bit for operating costs, to reprint vinyl, this and that. And pretty much we give everything back to the foundation. And they've started one partnership with the rehab on the east coast in maryland mm-hmm. that has uh partnered up with the noel foundation and so they're taking some inpatients uh, i believe they started like like last spring or something um and then uh uh i just saw i think kelly's talking to someone else um that they're going to be doing something else within uh, in southern california so it's just rad to see that you know we we became pretty close with the noel family and yeah and, going over to Papa Jim's and, and whatnot. And so to see them, which by the way, one of the strongest families I've ever experienced to have the pleasure of being around and, and just their strength and their heart is just amazing to, to take such tragedy and turn it into something positive like this is, is so commendable and it's just so inspirational It's the same. It just in itself, you know? So, so the whole thing has been, I don't know. I can't, I can't really see a, a, um, a bad branch to the tree. It seems like it's just been amazing. And it all goes back to Bradley and Sublime. I mean, that's, that's the root of this whole thing. It's like, it's funny because we talk about this one uh, situation of the house that Bradley built and that compilation and Sublime being the root of it. But it's you can literally is. focus out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the whole scene that it exists in and the whole like everything. I mean, is, that's, uh, it all goes back to Bradley and Sublime. As far as that music, it is. I mean, you know, it. I, that's I mean, there were a couple like that's what I saw the title. I was like, there, there are a couple of ways you can read that. And it's it's I mean, uh-huh. it's literally obviously the house that he built as far as the rehab center because of you know his yeah. life and, and his addiction but it's also the house that he built that music everybody on that compilation wouldn't be there without him without the way that he wanted music to to sound in his head what he was looking for so absolutely and it's all and, and he was so like you talk about authenticity and honesty which obviously equates to the best art and he was so authentic and so honest and and um i mean even to the the amount that we learned about reggae through Sublime and Bradley, because obviously we started noticing, like, you know, we started digging into, like, um, to, to Tenor Saw, to, like, Barrington Levy, to uh, Dennis Brown, to all these, like, um, just real, real deep reggae that, yeah. that we were finding out about after we moved to the mainland. Mm. And then realizing, like, oh, wait, wait, there's this Tenor Saw song, Roll That's Call. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, they come and wake the town, tell the people the news. Like, yeah. okay, oh, Bradley's Bradley's taking all this, like, this inspiration and these parts from these reggae songs. But then we started to dig deeper and we were like, oh, wait, that's a thing in reggae culture. It's called yeah, adaption. Yeah. And, and, and that, that's, that, that's why you have all these different versions of these old reggae songs where it'll be the same rhythm and like five to ten different artists singing their song over the same mm-hmm. rhythm because it was a form of adaption. And Bradley was just so true to his art and his inspiration that he was doing, he was adapting just like his heroes and like everyone he grew up listening to. So like the fact that we were like learning that through Sublime too, and all this like culture that we were learning through Sublime and musical culture and everything. And then realizing like, God, like Brad knew what was, like, he was on it, man. Like he was like, not, not only was he like, not only was he like, like, all right, this is the best way to put it. You know, some people 
they want to know the time. Some people want to know how the clock works. And Bradley wanted to know how the clock worked. And he delved so deep into it. And he found out how the clock of reggae worked and how those hands and every little gear functioned inside of that clock. And that, to us, was so inspiring. Because we were like, when we started figuring out, like, oh, my God. Like, wow. This is, this is, it just, the detail of it all was mind-blowing to us. Well, so. and, and to, to take that analogy further, uh, he made his own clock after that. And his clock told a yes. different time than everybody else's. Uh, that everybody yes. liked, essentially. Um, you know. Yes. The, the time worked for everybody that his, his clock made. So, um yeah, it, it it's it's a it's a great album that uh I, the compilation album just it it to me that's the coolest thing is to see all these artists that loved Sublime put their sort of spin on it and you hear, you know, you hear these echoes of what they're into coming through those songs of his and it's just sort of a uh, uh, you know, a, a wave, a wave of, of of the the same music, but coming back a little bit different. You know, and um, yeah, it's uh, it, it was de- it's definitely cool. Listeners should should check it out. Uh, should definitely check it out for sure. Uh, ye, we are we are up against uh, a break. We we're we're short for time. I want to have you back on though and talk about some Chicago Bears uh, at some point. We're gonna yes. do it. You know. Um, all good. Yeah, yeah, all good. Let's you know, just pray. For now, we don't we don't need to talk about the Chicago Bears. We just need to pray for them right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, maybe we can wait until next season, and they'll be doing great. So you'll automatically want to come on and just be like, yeah, I'll talk about them. Because now the questions are just going to be sort of sad. And they're going to be, they're, there's yeah. going to be a lot of, conjecture going into the questions of like maybe maybe this this could happen at some point in time i don't know we'll see yeah uh, i will say i saw you uh, real quick i saw uh speaking of the chicago bears i did see you like a post and i was <laughs> i i found this pretty great too on twitter there was a guy that was in uh atlanta when they played this year playing the uh, falcons and he was getting married and his whole uh, um, his whole side of the uh, wedding got dressed up as Mike Ditka to go to the game. So there were like 15 yeah. dudes in the Mike Ditka outfit going to the game. And I was like, that's that's dedication right there. I like it. I like it. They Heroes. Heroes. <laughs> heroes. <laughs> they looked like a crew. But uh, anyways... Uh, yeah, I want to thank you for coming on the show, man. We really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, man. Such, such mahalos. So many mahalos to you guys. And um, we'll uh, see you guys soon. Uh, Kona Town 20 and uh, new music coming this year for you, too. So uh, it's going to be a banging year for Pepper. We can't wait. 100%. Florida listeners, you still got a chance to see them. Pensacola, St. Petersburg, those aren't sold out. Fort Lauderdale, Ponte Vedra, those are both sold out, but you can see them either there on the Panhandle or near Tampa. You can check everything out at their website, PepperLive.com. Right now, let's take a listen to Pepper's most recent single here with Cashed Out, Dirty Mind, right here on the Doc G Show.
taking pictures and I don't even have to ask Came up in a Catholic school but now she in a different class Yeah, I was going down but then she stopped me Said you got to pray before you eat I don't think they taught her that at mass Here on the Doc G Show, you just heard Pepper with her most recent song there with Cashed Out. Thank you to Ye for coming on the show. What a beard, Mike. That is. He has just let that thing go. Puts my beard to shame. That's a fact. I feel like just a a child next to that beard. (laughs) feel like I need to just work that thing up like he's got, you know? It's just... Man, and I had no idea. We were talking during the musical break. You used to uh, used to go on stage at Gypsy Cab at the comedy yeah. club with Gypsy yeah. Cab. Wow. Yeah. But you never had the salad dressing. I don't think so. No, it's always chicken tenders and uh, and fried food. I think I did have a steak once, but no salad. No steak. Salad. 
Wow. Yeah. That's a yeah, that's I a gentle that's a gentleman step up right there. You little, yeah. Sometimes you do steak after shows, Doc G. You're feeling <laughs> accomplished. You're like I'm a. I just I just killed that crowd. Yeah. yeah. Let's see what this ribeye's like. Sweet. But normally it's just chicken tenders, huh? It's just the. It's a safe. It's a safe go-to. You know, I think a lot. Well, of, uh, it's a uh, basically. It's it's impossible to screw it up. That is true. Yeah. Well, yeah, not yeah, impossible. Yeah. You can screw it up. You definitely yeah, can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. But it's very, very hard to screw it up. It's like very me and my difficult. brother said. It's always... I do always find it funny when you go out to a restaurant, right, and you're with somebody and they order something like the chicken tenders and they eat them and they're like, oh my God, this these are pretty good. And you're like... <laughs> huh? Yeah, it's fried chicken. Where is that ever bad? <laughs> Where do you get that and just go, oh, my God, this isn't edible? No, it's always like, oh, wow, I can eat this until I pass out. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Ridiculous. Anywho, uh, thanks to, to ye for coming on the show. Fantastic. If you get a chance, you need to go out to their shows. Pepper's been doing it for 20 years. Just getting it done. Legends. Over 20 years, yep. man. 25 years. Insane. Mike, but now we need to move on. To the fastest growing segment in the world. Doc G Top 3. Woo! Now, Mike, I'm pretty excited about this. You said you didn't have a list when we started uh, this. Uh, I am a fan of these movies, Mike. These are, um, they're nostalgic. They're nostalgic. They, they make you happy. They make you think about those times and relate and go, oh, my God. And the crazy part is, yeah. to me, it doesn't matter the decade. It doesn't matter the location. There's all relatable stuff. You're like, oh, man, all 15-year-old are, are, are all idiots, and we do the same things. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and, and and even still, when you're 37, you still look back and go, oh, man, I'm still the same idiot. I do the same yeah. stuff. I probably should. Nothing's changed. Like, no, no, man. <laughs> so uh, we are doing, in case you were not with us last show, listeners, we are doing the top three high school-based movies. So looking at movies that are based on high school experiences, right? It has to be based in high school. What are those top three? Now, I'm going to save my honorable mentions. I sort of like the way you did it for one of the last ones, Mike, where you said uh, the Tom Hanks, like, let's save it till the last ones. I'm going to do that on these as well. So okay. give me your number three. What's your number three movie? Napoleon Dynamite. Mm. Oh, yeah. Nice. An eccentric yeah, yeah, yeah. high school movie. I like it. Yeah. You can't I, beat that. I did not put it on my top three, Mike. I didn't. Hmm. I, I didn't have it in the honorable mentions, but I will say I, I like it. Like I mean, I like that <laughs> yeah, choice. A good one. That's a good one. It's a great. It's a great movie. It's. I mean, it was for the time too. It was so sort of ahead of its time. Yeah, with, it was with its awkwardness and and weirdness. Like people, yeah. I don't think a lot of folks were ready for it at that time. You know? Nah, no way. It was Pretty so quotable. A very yeah. quotable movie. So many quotes. It was. It was. And yeah. for like 10 years after, <laughs> all you heard was the, gosh. It was <sighs> yeah, everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, Mike, my number three is a classic. Uh, a James Cameron classic. You can't get past this one. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. An absolute 80s classic. Now, Mike, I know you're not the biggest cinephile, but have you seen Fast Times? 
I've seen parts of it. I've definitely okay. seen parts of it. Yeah. And, you know, I it's mean, a legendary movie. It, it's amazing. You know, it's coming up on 40 years old. And it, again, it still relates. You're like, holy mm-hmm. crap. How does all of this stuff still relate to, to high schoolers now? Not that I know exactly what high schoolers are doing now, mm. but I feel like <laughs> it still relates in a lot of ways. And the crazy part is, I mean, it made one of the best high school characters of all time. Spicoli, man. So true. Spicoli is one of the greatest high school. For generations after Spicoli, students were inspired to order pizza during class. Like, I wanted to be the surfer guy <laughs> that showed up to class late, not wearing shoes, that said, hang 10, let's catch some ca- tasty waves, and then order a pizza in the middle of class. That seems awesome. That was Matthew McConaughey, right? <laughs> no. No, no ah. man. Uh, um, Sean Penn is oh, Sean Penn, Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny, too, because it just, I mean, like, the Sean Penn you know now is so not Spicoli. Like, no. so not that dude. But just love it. It's an awesome, awesome movie. Mike, you're number two. Number two, super bad. Definitely. My number super two, bad. too, Mike. That is my <laughs> nice. number two. I love super bad. Yeah. Just so many. Like, talk about quotable moments. There's just so many quotable moments. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe there are folks out there that were just bad during their their whole like. Even if you were a bad, there's so many things that you can relate to with the two nerds in school. Like even if you were like, you just you're like, yeah, I get it, I get it. Like yeah. And I just love I like McLovin, just so awesome. Everything about <laughs> McLovin is so great. And now too. The thing that you love about that movie, if you go back and watch it, the the idea of the cops basically seeing themselves as the two high schoolers, you know, when they were in high school. Like, that's what they see, and they want to basically, like, you know, relive those moments. They want, to, they want their high school them to think they're cool now. Right? And <laughs> yeah, so, pretty like, much. It's just, it's just such a good movie, man. So many awesome It really parts. is. Love Superbad. All right, Mike, you're number one. Uh, this one's kind of random, but it was the first one that came to mind when I thought of movies that are based around high school. Uh, and it was Idle Hands. Idle Hands. Idle Hands. Uh, it had um, Seth Green in it. It's uh, the main actor was the, from 1999. Um, yeah, who was the main actor in that? Uh, he was the guy who played Casper. Uh, he was in Final Destination. He was like a big star around that time. Devin Six point two out of ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. Devin Sawa. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seth Green, With Jessica, Jessica Alba. Alba. Uh huh. Yeah. I have never and, seen it. Nope. I have never. Oh uh, yeah. Great, great movie. And then also um, my favorite band at the time, The Offspring. Uh-huh. Um, they uh, they they played the concert at the end of the movie at the high school dance. They play the show and it's like, nice. yeah. Yeah, great Nice. Movie. Man, I, man, now I feel like I, I got, I got something. I got to watch something here. I've got a movie. <laughs> yeah. Now I feel, I feel left out that, man, I love it. I love, I love your curveballs, Mike. I love mm. it. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. My number one, folks could probably see it coming. Dazed and Confused. 
Yeah, that's the mapping mechanic. Dazed yeah, and confused, number one. Wooderson. I, I don't know if there's a more iconic uh, high school figure. Like, you put Spicoli up there. He definitely is. But I think everybody knows a Wooderson at their high school. Yes! Everybody knows that person that graduated 10 years ago and or not 10 that's maybe stretched but <laughs> may, around but at least five years ago three and four still, years ago yeah yeah they're still hanging out with all the high schoolers and you're just like what is this but the high schoolers think he's pretty awesome because he has a cool car and he's got mm -hmm. money and stuff and they're just like oh that's pretty awesome and he can buy us beer yes yeah this dude rules like dazed and confused and it's so great because it's about the 70s but it was made in the 90s and again it relates to today it still feels the same today like it's nuts and it made Matthew McConaughey. Without without Dazed and Confused, you never would have heard of Matthew McConaughey. Nope. That was yeah, his first so. film. And they actually went out and hunted him to like find him. They like the director of the film had another person in mind, and one of the guys on the 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 uh, movie was like, No, no, no. I got this guy in Austin you need to talk to. He he's the dude for this character. And they went out, found Matthew McConaughey, and Matthew McConaughey knew Wooderson. He knew that guy, and he was like, I can play this guy. All right, all right. Yes, sir. That's what I'm <laughs> yeah. talking about. Yeah, you just got to keep on living. That's what you got to do, Pink. Got to L-I-V-I-N. That's all you got to do. Be a lot cooler if you <laughs> did. Oh, man, such a good movie, Mike. <laughs> Dazed and Confused, my number one. Couple of honorable mentions, Mike. Got several honorable mentions. I mean, I think you could make it an own, uh, your own category for the '80s. I don't know if you had any of those or were thinking about any of them in your in your uh, group, but like John Hughes, you know, the director. Like all of his movies are just Ferris Bueller, Breakfast oh, okay. Club, Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles. Like all of those. They're classics. I was very close just because of how iconic it was. I was very close to putting uh, Breakfast Club in the in the top three. That's a fact. Uh, okay. But I it, it's you were just say Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Very close to putting uh, Breakfast Club yeah. just because that one's so iconic. And also, I didn't mention, but Footloose too. You know, Footloose is a, a high school movie, but it's not very hmm. relatable because who lives in a hmm. town where they get rid of dancing? That's a little weird. But. Still a classic 80s movie that you got to put on. So yeah. all of those are in uh, uh, honorable mentions. Dead Poet Society, honorable mention. Uh, mean Girls, honorable mention. Uh, Easy A, honorable mention. That's probably the new... Uh, no, the newest one I have, 21 Jump Street. Awesome. Got to put 21 Jump Street on there. Even though they're cops that are going back to high school, it's hilarious. Um, house Party, the original House Party. Mm. Pretty, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then American Pie. Got to have American Pie as an honorable mm. mention too. American um, Pie was a good one. Yeah, all of them super awesome high school movies. But Mike, before we go on to our birthday, Wait, suits, G, I have an honorable mention. Oh, as well. you got an honorable mention. Hit me. Well, I have one Goofy movie. <laughs> the Goofy, like Goofy movie. <laughs> yeah, Goofy movie. It was, you know, it's 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 a silly cartoon. But hey, they were in high school and. Um, you know, they they, they're they struggled. 
They they're had all the car- problems. They're cartoon <laughs> high schoolers. Come on, man. I like it, Mike. Again, curveball. Nicely yeah. done. Hey. Nicely done. Uh, Mike, we need to establish our uh, our topic for next week. Next week, uh, it's a little bit based off of uh, Yee's conversation. Mm. I think next week we need to do your top three sublime songs. Mm. You need to check out the catalog, Mike, and decide, break them down, top three. It's going to be tough. We got to look into it, decide which ones are your favorites. Uh, Spoiler alert, listeners, I think I'm going to have some cliches. I think they're going to be the cliche uh, uh, sublime songs. But you don't know. You don't know. I'm, I'm going to go back and review it with a fresh set of ears. Yeah, Just same, ready same, to same, listen. Same. All right. All right, guys. We are moving on. We've got two birthday suits left. Mike, you are six for ten. Say what? 60% right now. It's possible you might get both of these. But I'm thinking hey. it's more realistic one for two. We'll okay. see. First one, I'm going to go for the less likely, I think, of getting this one. Okay. Uh, bo- born on February 1st, 1986 in Laguna Beach. When she was in high school at Laguna Beach High School, she became the focus of the reality show Laguna Beach, the real Orange County, with Low Bosworth, Kristen Cavallari, and Stephen Coletti. She then starred in the spinoff reality show, The Hills. She starred in The Hills with Aldrina Patridge and Whitney Porter. Uh, a- after The Hills, she started working in beauty and fashion. In 2009, she collaborated with the uh, department store Kohl's to release a fashion line. In 2020, she released a beauty line. And then in 2022, she released her first fragrance. Name that birthday suit wearer. I may have to get like a half point on this, or I may not get any points, but is that Lauren? Yes. Um, yes. Lauren. Ah, I can't remember her last name. Okay, Lauren's I'm up. giving you half. You're at 10 and a half. 10 and a <laughs> half, or sorry, six and a half. Six and a half out of 10. Six and a half. Six and a half out of 11. Good God, can I get it right? Six Lauren. and a half out of 11. I'll, I'll, let's see if if I can give you C. No. Nah. Starts with a C. Starts with a C. Yeah. Conrad? Yes, there it is. Yes. Nice. All it. right. That's full cre- that's full credit. I gave right, you a hint. Credit. I'll give it Lauren full credit. Conrad. 7 for 11, Mike. You are 7-11. You are Slurpeeville mm. right now. That is amazing. Let's go. Nicely done. Yeah, Conrad. Lauren Conrad, man. Uh I she always seemed to complain a lot, you know. What? Not really complain. She always just seemed to be sad on those reality shows. Like everything she did. Oh, mm, eh. like everything. <laughs> you know, it would always be like the, at the end of uh, of uh, uh, right before a uh, commercial break, they'd cut to her and she'd just have this concerned look on her face. And then they'd have serious music in the background. And that's like every single commercial break. And she's just looking at the the screen and you're like, what the f- is this? Your parents are millionaires and you live on the beach. It's f- awesome. Have a party, man. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? You know? So anyways, I don't know. She seems to have a pretty great life now. She's 
doing fashion, doing fragrance. You can smell mm-hmm. like LC if you want. That's nice. LC, that was it. LC. LC yeah. and Low. That, those were the two LO and LC. That was them. Anywho, Mike, we are moving on to our second birthday suit. By the way, turning 30, uh, 37. 37 for LC. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Uh, our third birthday suit, Mike. Born on February 1st, 1968 in Los Angeles, California. Both uh, um, both of our birthday suit wearers' parents were in entertainment and comedy. He started doing stand-up comedy at the age of 17. He developed a character during his uh, stand-up routine called The Weasel. Hmm. Uh, in 1989, he became a VJ for MTV. He was also one of the hosts of their very popular Spring Break series. In 1992, he starred in the movie Encino Man, then in the movie Son-in-Law, then in the movie In the Army Now, and then Biodome. All of these movies were reviewed horribly, with (laughs) most of them receiving under 10% ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. Since the 90s, he has constantly been a guest star on different shows and movies, usually playing himself. Name that birthday suit wearer. Paulie Shore. Paulie Shore is correct. Yes. My goodness, Mike. Eight for 12. Eight for 12. Eight for 12. Look at you go, Mike. Look at you go. I'm impressed. 70% or something. I don't know. Yeah, 66. You're at 66 pickup sticks there. Yeah, man. There we go. Yeah, two-thirds. That's impressive. That is impressive. You, uh, you know, three weeks in, I am, or or four, four weeks in, sorry, four weeks in of the new year, I am very impressed with your birthday Thanks, suit. I hope these aren't softballs either. I hope you're. Uh, I'm. You know. I'm. I'm. As we mentioned at the start of the year, Mike. I'm. I'm doing it the same way. I just pick based off of who I sort of feel is most relatable between the the listeners, me, and who I sort of recognize on the list of famous folks there as okay. I'm going through. And uh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Eight for 12. Congratulations, Mike. Uh, you have won nothing, but it's got to feel good. Yeah, um, it does. It really does. Pa- Polly Shore, Lauren Conrad, and who was our first birthday suit? Got to think back. Uh, what did we get? Hmm. Uh, oh, Harry Styles, of course. Harry the, Styles, yeah. The immaculate Harry Styles. So happy birthday to all of those uh, folks. Uh, Mike, we have fantastic, fantastic shows coming up. We've got Jesse Roper. We got Marty Stewart. We've got uh, Cowboy Kent Rollins. We've mm. got just, I mean, it is so full. It is so full of guests still. I can't wait to talk to all these folks. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Uh, I think, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think next week is going to be Jesse Roper. It depends on our guest lineup, but I think it's going to be next week. We'll see how it, it plays out. But if so, Jesse Roper is a fantastic artist from Canada, does some blues rock. He's just a super fun uh, a super fun guy, super good t- guy to talk to. Can't wait to talk to him. We're going to talk ACDC. We're going to talk Jimi Hendrix. We're going to talk learning the guitar, touring the outskirts of Canada, and hopefully someday reaching 
state known as Florida. Hopefully, he'll <laughs> get down here. Um, but until then, Mike, we need to wrap it up. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, the man that holds an associate in the arts. It is near and dear to his heart, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Thank you for having me, Doc G. Always a pleasure. Of Always course. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doo dah.